You are Locked On Packers, your daily Green Bay Packers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. R-E-L-A-X. Relax. We're going to be okay. It is time. It is time. I feel like we can run the table. We're going to do it. You are Locked On Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Peter Bukowski, and I cover the Packers for SB Nation. I cover the NFL for FanRag Sports, and you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers, and you can find all of the podcast content at LockedOnPackers.com. It is Wednesday. This will be our last show of the week. And unless something crazy happens and, and there's not much left to happen because late Tuesday, the Packers, it was reported, will bring in Mike Patton as their new defensive coordinator. And I know this is going to break the hearts of a lot of Packer fans who wanted Vic Fangio. And he was on my wish list for most of the year. He has been on my wish list, frankly, for a long time. And when Gus Bradley, it was reported, was going to be interviewed and was on the Packers wish list, that was a name that that I was comfortable with. And, and I don't want you to get too bogged down with the fact that Gus Bradley was a terrible coach in Jacksonville. And I don't want you to get bogged down with the fact that the Browns didn't win very many games with Mike Pettin as their head coach a few years ago. Because, first of all, the, the quality of a head coach in no way reflects the quality of that coach as a coordinator. There are plenty of coaches who are simply great coordinators and are ill-suited to be head coaches. Wade Phillips is the prime example of this. Some guys are just better dealing with what they need to deal with. Lane Kiffin in, in the college ranks is another great example. He is a great offensive coach. I wouldn't want him as my head coach. Now, all of that said, I think Mike Patton has not gotten a fair shake in terms of the, the candidacy that, that he has and the quality of that candidacy. This guy knows defense. And I went back and I looked, and I just just going with defenses he has coached uh, as an assistant or as a coordinator. Okay, now this is going back in 2003, and to, or 2002 and 2003, he was a coaching assistant with the Baltimore Ravens. The Ravens were ninth, in weighted defensive DVOA overall, and then first. Then he became the assistant defensive line coach in 2004. They were the third best defense in football. Then he became the outside linebackers coach in 2005 through 2008. Those defenses went sixth, first, 12th, and third in defensive DVOA. In 2009, he became the defensive coordinator of the New York Jets. This is one of the best defenses of the last 15 or 20 years. In fact, on a per-drive basis, they they allowed the fewest points of any defense of the last decade. They were the number one defense in football. The next year, they were fourth. The next year, they were second. The next year, they were 10th. Then he moved to Buffalo, where he was the Bills defensive coordinator under Rex Ryan, and this was the number five defense in football. That means... He was the defensive coordinator of the first, fourth, second, tenth, and fifth best defenses in the league. And he had been around for three number one defensive units. This guy knows what good football looks like. And he he may seem like 
a retread hire. I don't think that's what this is. This is exactly how you want to hire coaches. He's been around a ton of great defenses. He's coached under Rex Ryan. He's had the head coaching opportunity and did it. And now he's back. He's sort of working his way back through the system. He spent the year consulting for the Seahawks. And he's going to stay in his lane. He's going to coach his unit. He's a high-energy guy. He's going to come out and he is going to demand something of these players, something that that a lot of them are not going to be used to because they only, most of this, this defense, only knows Dom Capers. At least in Green Bay, every single defender on this team has only known one defensive coordinator for the Green Bay Packers. So how will the defense change? Well, this is, this is the, the important question. One of the things straight away is Mike Patton, he, he is a 3-4 disciple coach, but he also runs a lot of under fronts, which I explain. This is an article I mentioned um, this week. I've mentioned it a bunch over the last couple weeks because I just had a feeling that they were going to want to make some significant changes to this defense. And so I wrote about what a 4-3 team could look like for the Packers, how that could look. And and the reason it would be significant in this case is because it's a 4-3 under, which is what Mike Patton likes to run. He spent the year in Seattle, as I mentioned. The Seahawks are a 4-3 under team. Now, the thing when he was calling all the shots in Cleveland, when he was the guy, because in these other stops... He was the defensive coordinator or a defensive position coach under a coach like Rex Ryan, who has the final say on things like scheme and play call. But when they were in Cleveland and Mike Pettin was calling the shots, he had a high emphasis on multiplicity, on playing multiple fronts, on pre-snap disguise. But the thing about it is, there's a great article from Mike Bedard in Sports Illustrated from, I believe it's 2013, where he... He basically looked at Mike Pettin, who was an accidental coach of the Cleveland Browns, only after you know, a, a dozen candidates wouldn't take the job or wouldn't even take an interview, was, was Pettin finally hired. And, and that was on a lark. His agent thought it was good experience for him to go in, assuming that he was not going to get the job, and then he got it. But one of the things that he says is his playbook is small. And one of the reasons he, I think, half jokes is that at some point, the Patriots are just going to end up with it anyway. And so there's not a lot of what he calls graduate-level stuff in it. These are, these are simple concepts. They're often simple concepts dressed up to be more complex, to be more disguising. And this, this defense that, that he's put in place when he's had quality players, I didn't give you any of the rankings of, of the Browns' defense when he was there because, frankly, they just didn't have any players. And so it's hard. Last year, this is, you know, the the Cleveland defense last year was very good against the run in particular because they finally had some talented players. He's going to have talented players to work with in Green Bay. I want to I want to read you a little bit of a quote that he that he gives to Greg Bedard and this is I think very insightful into how he views coaching a defense. He says, "It's your job as a coach to keep throwing stuff at them." And at some point, you'll get feedback. But you're going to have teams like the 2006 Ravens defense that had almost like an infinite sponge. We could have we could have had 60 calls on a game. It doesn't matter. Those guys, Ed Reed, Ray Lewis, Adelius Thomas, Jarris Johnson, those guys could handle anything you threw at them. If your team's cumulative sponge isn't big, 
then you might have to back it off a little bit. I think sponge-wise, we're pretty smart, speaking of the Browns team that he had. We already have some advanced stuff very quickly, and there's some coaches that each year teach, this is what we run, and that's it. They don't ask more of their guys. To me, that's coaching. If your guys can do more and you're not doing more, that's on you. Or if this is your norm and you have a pretty good team and they're just not mentally there, then, expletive, pair it back a little bit. Now, there's a lot in there that I think should be very heartening for Packers fans. Number one is he's going to give a defense what it can handle. And I think this has been a criticism of Dom Capers for a long time is there's a lot of rookies out there. There's a lot of young players out there. Give them only what they can handle. And and when Dom paired the scheme back too much, they weren't effective either. But then there's this also this bit about this is what we run and that's it, which is often another criticism of Dom Capers. This is my system. This is how we're going to run it. And this is what we're going to run. And the players don't have a say. There's an earlier quote about Patton wanting to listen to his players. You sort of throw the scheme at them and it has to be a conversation. And so I think you're going to have a guy like Clay Matthews, a, a player like Blake Martinez, like HaHa Clinton Dix, Morgan Burnett, if he's brought back, Mike Daniels. They're going to help shape this defense and not in the way that the, the, that the, you know, the, the tail is wagging the dog on this. No, what you want is you want an open line of communication. Hey, what do you do? What do you do well and how can we put you in a position to succeed? That's good coaching. And he says it outright. If your guys can do something and you're not allowing them to do it, that's on you. That is a coaching problem. And so that having that sort of mentality is a big change. And so we're going to see how these players react to it. I don't know what this scheme is going to look like. I don't. I think you're going to see some zone coverage. You're going to see some man coverage. I think you're going to see some three-man fronts. I think you're going to see some four-man fronts. Now, one of the things that they do extremely well is they blitz extremely effectively, that being Mike Pettin defenses. They disguise and they blitz well. And when they have people to, to execute in the back end, I think Green Bay is going to want at least another corner. But that's the key. If the, if the back end plays disciplined... The defenses can be really good. I just want to, Mike Renner from Pro Football Focus tweeted out the, the 2009 Jets roster. And yeah, Darrell Revis was on that team. But if you just go back and look at some of the other starters, guys who played heavy snaps, I mean, Mike DeVito, Sean Ellis, Calvin Pace, Vernon Golston, Bart Scott was a really good player at the time. I mean, only two guys played over 1,000 snaps that year. Jim Leonard played a bunch of snaps on that defense. Kerry Rhodes, Lito Shepard, Dwight Lowry, Eric Smith. This, is, this was not a loaded defense, but it was schemed beautifully and it was executed to perfection by the players. That is the level of play that Pettin can get out of lesser talent. He's going to have talent on this team. He is. There is more defensive back talent on this team than on that one. There's more defensive line talent on this team than on that 2009 team. Mike Pettin should be able to take this defense and mold it into something effective. And one of the reasons why the, the things didn't work out well in Cleveland, although he did win 10 games, which is, God, Hugh Jackson would love to win 10 games. Overall, it wasn't a talented group, but the offense wasn't good. They didn't have a quarterback. That was the Johnny Menzel year. And 
they they were actually having a pretty good season until Jimmy Haslam insisted that they put Manzel in and things went off the rails. So I, I understand that this is something that was disappointing for Packers fans because they wanted Vic Fangio. They wanted Gus Bradley. And we're going to talk a little bit about why I don't think that's ultimately what happened. But Mike Patton is a very smart, very good defensive coach. He is going to inject some energy, some some vibrancy to this defensive culture. My guess is he's going to be on the sidelines. He's going to be whooping it up with guys. He's going to be getting in players' faces. There's going to be an intensity level that just wasn't there before. And I think it's going to be reflected in the play. Attitude reflects leadership. And attitude reflects the attitude of the leader. That's how this works. And so I think Capers was a little aloof. He he came at it from a very dogmatic point of view, it seemed. And I just don't think that's what you're going to get from Mike Patton. This is a guy who was, was a high school coach not long before he was coaching in the NFL. And he talks about in this Greg Bedard piece about feeling like he was being pigeonholed. And, th- and that forced him to work harder. It forced him, forced him to be more creative. It forced him to, to, to do things differently, to challenge the status quo. If it sounds like I'm excited about this hire, it's because I am. I would have been very excited about Gus Bradley. I would have been very excited about Vic Fangio. Those were three excellent defensive coaches. The Packers got an excellent defensive coach. And you can get a Pro Football Focus Edge subscription I told you Mike Renner was the guy that I got that that roster from, and he, he had tweeted it out. He works for Pro Football Focus, senior analyst. You can get an Edge subscription simply by putting your name and your Twitter handle in a review of this podcast on iTunes. You'll be entered to win as part of our contest, access to player grades, to snap counts, to tools, charts, NFL draft coverage, fantasy coverage, daily fantasy, all sorts of, of tools and charts. And all you have to do is put your name and your Twitter handle in a review of this podcast on iTunes. Shortly after it was reported that that the Packers had hired Mike Pettin or were going to hire Mike, Mike Pettin, news came out that Gus Bradley was headed back to the Chargers and Dick Fangio was headed back to Chicago. These were the preferred candidates. And so if Fangio wasn't going to leave Chicago and Bradley wasn't going to leave Los Angeles, Pettin was clearly what they who they felt was the best candidate. And I don't think they thought an internal candidate was was tenable. I think they liked those guys. I think Winston Moss and Darren Perry and Joe Witt Jr. had a legitimate shot at, at the, the position. But ultimately, they felt like they needed a, a new voice in the room. And that makes sense considering how many old voices they brought back on the offensive side. And they still have some, some slots to fill. Green Bay is going to have to fill out the rest of this defensive roster. We don't know what the what the coaching staff is going to look like. We'll hear from Mike Patton, I assume, this week, and we'll get we'll get some more information. But we're not going to know what this defense looks like until we see it, because it does change and it is variable. And and one thing that I didn't mention earlier that I should mention is one of the things that that Patton always prided himself on, and this is the same for Rex Ryan, is we're not going to do the same thing every week. We're not just going to say this is what we play and regardless of how you're going to attack us, we're going to play it. It's going to be weak dependent. And and every team does that to some degree because sometimes you can play man coverage because they don't have good receivers or sometimes you can play zone because... So there's, I mean, these things can change, but I think it is a foundational element 
of his style to be aggressive, to be attacking, to be multiple. All those, all those buzzwords, those cliche buzzwords. But I think more than all of those things, it's to be unpredictable and to be versatile and to say, if we need to go and we need to play 95% of our snaps in man coverage this week, we can. And if next week we need to go out and play 95% in zone coverage, we can. And if this week we're going to play heavy personnel because this is a run first team that can't really throw the ball, you know, if they're playing Chicago, then maybe we're going to see more of that 4-3 over front, which is almost basically a 5-2. And we're going to and they're going to say Chicago, try and run the ball. We don't think you can throw on us. And there's going to be other weeks where they play almost exclusively in nickel. Patton is is a huge subscriber of, of playing a lot in sub-package personnel in nickel. And I think you will see, I mean, I suggested in the article that I wrote that, that perhaps the remedy for that is if you're going to play that over scheme, that Josh Jones becomes a linebacker so that you can use him as a de facto nickel defender, or you can use Morgan Burnett as a slot corner if you need to do that. I'm going to be very interested to see how this affects the, the traits that the team looks for in the draft. I think we're going to we're going to learn something about this scheme and, and how it's going to look by some of the defensive players that they take. I don't think the the linebackers need to have specific traits. Rex Ryan always believed that that he could win without great outside linebacker talent, although they con- consistently tried to draft some. But he believed they could win without it. And they did. And every year, you know, you'd, you'd hear, oh, well, what they need is an impact pass rusher. Well, the weird thing is, when, when Rex Ryan went to the Bills and suddenly they had some impact pass rushers, that's when things went a little off the rails. Although, to be fair, they went off the rails after Mike Pettin left. Which I think should also tell you something about the quality of the coach that he is. Green Bay doesn't have a high-quality pass rusher at this point on the edge. Nick Perry would be the closest thing, but he can't stay healthy. was not consistent this year at all. And that doesn't matter as much. Now, I still think they're going to target uh, an edge player in, in the first three rounds of the draft. But they're going to say, we think we can scheme up some pressure. We can confuse you at the line of scrimmage. You're not going to know where our guys are coming from. I think that was one thing that pretty consistently the Packers blitzes became easy to identify, easy to read, easy to predict. And you look at some of these sort of chaos defenses where they're going to put seven guys in the box and only bring four or only bring five, and you have to figure out which ones they are. That still is a problem for opposing quarterbacks. doesn't matter how many, how much tape you study. There's going to be situational tendencies that you can lean on, of course, if you're if you're scheming against a defense like that. But we, we just hadn't seen that from this Dom Capers defense. And frankly, the Blitzes, one of the reasons they've been so ineffective is because they became so predictable. It was clear who was coming and when. And when they showed blitz, they almost always came. And so the offense could block it up. And when you don't have impact pass rushers who can win one-on-one matchups, if you're not scheming them free, you're not going to get a good pass rush. And that's what's been happening in Green Bay. And so I think this is going to change things in so many ways. And I think you can make the case. I don't know that I believe this, but I think you could make the case that that this coach in this moment was the best thing for this defense because of his 
his demeanor, because of his style, because of of the impacts that he could have on the young players, and because of the personnel that's already on this roster. I think they're going to play a lot of man coverage. I've said over and over, I think that that's the, the defense they should be playing. When his Jets defenses were at their peak, I know they had Darrell Revis, but the rest of the secondary wasn't great. But guys did their jobs. They played their responsibilities. And the blitzing is so effective and so disruptive that if you have either one great corner or a couple decent corners, you can hold up. And I know this has become all you know, this has become the Mike Patton podcast, but I think there's a lot of people who are not familiar with him. And so my, my goal was to try and provide some context. The NFL playoffs are finally here. Unfortunately, the Packers are not in them, but I want to tell you guys about mybookie.ag, the number one rated online sports book. With your fantasy football season over, and the only way to use your sports knowledge to win cash is by betting at mybookie.ag, the sports book that makes it easy to deposit and even easier to cash out your winnings fast. They have odds on everything from in-game betting. They have an all-new prop builder. Create your own bet slips. Bet how you want. You can bet your friends LeBron will score 30 and have 10 assists. So why not bet it at mybookie.ag and put your money where your mouth is. You can bet on your desktop, your tablet, or the world-class mobile site lets you bet anytime you want. MyBookie.ag, you play, you win, you get paid. Use the promo code Locked On for up to 50% deposit bonus. All right, this is the last podcast of the week, barring some sort of serious craziness, barring, you know, I think even an Aaron Rodgers extension may have to wait because I'm going to be out of the country. As much as I love doing this show, and I do, I uh, I also have to, to keep my own sanity, and I have to keep my wife happy. And so if I don't have to do a show, I'm not going to. And I hope you can understand how I feel about that. There isn't much left to decide. So, you know, the Packers hiring a quarterback's coach or something like that, there were some rumors Tuesday night about about who the next QB coach would be, and those those are those are things that we can talk about down the line. They're not things that require a breaking pod, breaking news podcast, an emergency pod, or anything like that. So we're going to be done for this week, barring some serious news. Um, it does sound like Elliot Wolf is going to be out of town. He was given the opportunity to be Brian Gutekunst's right hand man, but he's interviewing in Cleveland. He interviewed in, or is going to interview in Oakland. That sounds like that was a John Gruden thing, not a Reggie McKenzie thing, which is interesting. Um, I I will point out that John Gruden worked in Green Bay when Ron Wolf was there. He has a ton of respect for Ron Wolf. And there is some some speculation that bringing in Elliott would be a precursor to making him the GM down the line and making him sort of his partner in everything that's happening in Oakland. That is not something that that I'm going to stop the presses for and, and put out a whole podcast for. It's something I'm prepping for you now. He's probably going to leave. I told you he was probably going to leave. Turns out he's probably going to leave. We will be back next week with another group of podcasts, and we're going to do we're going to do three podcasts. But next week they're actually going to be at the end of the week. So, like I said, I will not be around. I will not be in the country at the beginning of the week. So there'll be no Monday, no Monday podcast, no Tuesday podcast. There will be a Wednesday, a Thursday, and a Friday podcast. So we're going to do sort of an, an inverted week next week just to accommodate everything for schedule. So I appreciate you sticking with us. 
Uh, stay with us through the offseason. We're going to continue to have these shows. We're still, we're, we're still going to have, not not every day, but, but three or four times a week through the offseason. So there's, there's never not something to talk about, which means you need to stay locked on Packers.